Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Funky Farm Girl podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, and this is episode 33, A Homesteader's Wishlist. This is our second episode in a series of four on a homesteader's Christmas. If you missed last week's episode, No More Harried Holidays, be sure to go back and listen to that so that you know how to get through this holiday stress-free. Now, before we get on to today's episode, let's talk about what's happening on the homestead. This week, I am happy to say that we have garlic sprouting in the garden. I'm really excited to see that taking off already. I'm going to be excited to see how that grows over the next nine months or so. Uh, garlic is a new venture for me, so I'm excited to see that so much of it has sprouted and is on its way hoping that the winter will help it to establish some really good roots and get going really well in the spring. And also this week on our homestead, we are doing a pre-holiday purge. Yesterday, I spent a great deal of time in my younger daughter's room and in the guest bathroom, making sure that everything is tidied up and decluttered and cleaned up as best we can right before the holidays begin and we have family coming um my parents and my sister will be coming on thursday so we want to make sure that it's nice and tidy for them and then it also makes room for holiday decorations so um if you are still looking to simplify your holidays I want to remind you that you can go to the link in the show notes and grab my free five tips to a less harried holiday. Just click on the link, go there, plug in your email, and I'll send it right to you. And hopefully those five tips will be things that can make your holiday a little less stressful. Now, let's get into this week's episode, A Homesteader's Wish List. Like we do with every episode, I want to start by asking why. Why would we make a wish list for homesteaders? Well, I believe that no matter where you live, you can be a homesteader because you can adopt the lifestyle of wanting to be more responsible about knowing where your food comes from, being part of growing your food, being part of doing things in a more natural way, being part of a simple lifestyle that is more about producing rather than consuming and all of those things require a lot of different skill sets and things but they're not necessarily based on location it's really about being conscious of where your food comes from 
what waste you're producing and the people that you want to spend time with and those things can happen no matter where you live so if those are things that are important to you this episode will be for you because I'm going to give you some ideas of things that you can ask for for Christmas to help you as you grow as a homesteader it may be that you need supplies to go deeper into a skill you already have like maybe you've been canning for a while and you need some more advanced supplies for that or maybe you need classes and equipment for a new skill like soap making or beekeeping so let's get started on creating our homesteader wish list i'll be leaving lots of links in the show notes for you this week so be sure to check that out Uh, any of these things that you see that you're interested in um, be sure to message me on instagram if you don't see a link here you can find me on instagram at the funky farm girl now let's get into our categories the first category of wish list that i want to talk about is gardening gardening of course is one of the core things about being a homesteader you really i don't know that you can homestead and not garden because it's it's really about being aware of where your food comes from and that means that you're making some of your food and that means that you're growing some of your food and so being able to do that in a way that supplements where you are and what you do um, is really important so what could we ask for as gardeners to help us with that this christmas first of all I highly recommend some gardening gloves one your hands are going to be nasty dirty all the time without them two you never know what's in that soil that you're sticking your hand into where you might get a cut or a scrape or things like that and so we want to protect our hands and we also want to keep them cleaner Uh, and then honestly some of the things that we handle are prickly or or poke and they can be kind of painful if you're not wearing gloves or it could be that it gives you contact dermatitis for example I can't handle strawberries without gloves because the leaves will give me a rash on my hand so gardening gloves are super super important I'll have a link in the show notes to an article from good housekeeping about some of the best gardening gloves out there So you can look for the types of gloves based on the type of work that you want to do and find the ones that work best for you and then add them to your wish list. So while we're talking about hands and gloves, another great thing that you can ask for as a gardener is a hand care set. Look for a high quality natural product that is made to protect your hands to moisturize them maybe a scrub that helps to get some of the dirt off or dirt from under your fingernails anything that that helps to keep your nails clean Uh, there's lots of different things that you can find to pamper your hands whether it be a lotion bar or goat milk soap or any of those types of things a nail brush Um, a hand care set would be super super helpful for a gardener another thing I recommend would be what is called a rue apron a rue apron is basically an apron that has a pocket 
on the front that is big and billowy that is made to hold all your produce that you're picking from your garden very similar to a kangaroo's pouch and um, I will put a link to one of those in the show notes um, so that you can see what those are like and see if that's something that you may want um, but it's definitely something that I recommend either that or some type of basket that you can use to harvest all your produce I can never have too many baskets at my house Another thing that's really super good, especially if you live in an area where you don't have good soil and or maybe you're renting and you don't want to dig into the ground or do a lot to the ground there or maybe you have a limited budget in a small space and that is fabric grow bags. Fabric grow bags work in a very similar way to a container or a raised bed garden but they are made of a really durable landscaping type fabric that will hold the soil and give you a place to grow it but then at the end of the season can be emptied and put away or moved so that your garden is not in a permanent location so if those would be something that you would be interested in then please make sure to check out the show notes for that as well. And two more ideas for the garden. First of all, have you considered growing mushrooms? Mushrooms are something that you can grow even in your garage or under your deck. Uh, All you need is um, a log and a set of mushroom plugs. So there are several different places that you can get mushroom plugs, different types and varieties of mushrooms, and you can grow them in a small out-of-the-way place right in your yard, um, under your deck, in the garage, anywhere like that. So um, add that one to your homesteader's wish list. And one last thing while we're talking about gardening, how about a greenhouse kit? There are several simple greenhouses that can be put together and taken down from season to season that are great for using to extend your growing season no no matter where you are and so definitely consider if you need a longer growing season or you want a a quicker start in the spring consider looking into asking for a greenhouse kit while we're out in the garden but before we go much further from it there are a couple things that I want you to consider asking for for your yard and one of those would be something for the birds we all know that birds are great to have around they're beautiful to look at Um, they have a way of eating seeds and then depositing them other places (laughs) to pop up and grow later on And um, they're just a beautiful addition to your yard. And so if you are interested in local birds in your area, you may consider asking for a bird bath or bird seed or a feeder so that you can attract the birds to your yard. And while we're attracting things to our yard, what about a bee house or an insect house? A bee house is really good at attracting beneficial bees that can pollinate plants and things like that in your yard and an insect house 
will not only attract those bees but also ladybugs and butterflies and so you just run the whole gamut of wonderful pollinators coming into your yard and being able to pollinate um, all of your produce and flowers and help things grow while also giving them a place to get a little bit of nourishment so I will definitely put a link to those in the show notes. And this is on my wish list this year. And then you can also specifically look for a butterfly house. And a butterfly house is uh, instead of a combo with the insect house where there are different parts for each type of different thing that you're attracting. The butterfly house is just specifically for butterflies. And uh, that would be a lovely addition to your yard as well. So this week we are talking about a homesteader's wish list. Different things that you can ask for to help you grow in your homesteading journey. And what homesteader wouldn't love to have some chickens? Am I right? I love my chickens. And there's nothing I like better than going out there in the morning and saying good morning to them, gathering eggs, and uh, just talking to them and seeing their different little personalities. And so if you are a chicken mama, like I am, you may want to ask for an egg basket or an egg apron. If you haven't heard of them before, an egg apron is an apron that has lots of little different pockets across the front where each one holds an individual egg and it keeps them from bumping up against each other and cracking or breaking before you get them to the house. This is great if you have kids that go out and collect the eggs like I do, uh, especially if you have one who brings a little purse with her and puts all the eggs in her purse and then brings them in and throws the purse on the table forgetting that there's eggs inside. <laughs> that was a fun mess, but we learned from it and we got it cleaned up. Uh, another thing that you could ask for if you are a chicken mama and you want to expand your skills is an incubator. There are lots and lots of different incubators out there and I will put a link in the show notes for um, some things to consider when you're looking for a new incubator. Um, this saves you money by helping you to hatch lots and lots of eggs and you can hatch eggs from the chickens you have or you can buy hatching eggs and then grow those chicks and sell chicks or sell grown pullets. Um, again, this is something that's on my wish list this year, um, especially because Gracie is hoping to breed some chicks um, in the spring. Now, we've got our garden We've got our yard and we've got our chickens all taken care of from our wish list. Now let's go inside and explore the kitchen. The kitchen really uh, is the workhorse of the homestead home. And it's where I spend most of my time and it's where most of my work is done. And honestly, it's where I need the best tools to do my job and do it well. And so... Um, I want to just make a few suggestions to you of things to consider if you are wanting to add to your homestead kitchen. 
the first thing I would consider if you don't have one already is a water bath canner and a pressure canner. Now, if you have a pressure canner, you can use it as a water bath canner as well. So if you don't have either, I suggest you get the pressure canner and then start out using it as a water bath and work your way up. Um, there's also, for those of you who are um, really wanting to take the guesswork out of jam making, Ball has a automatic jam maker. This thing is super, super simple to use. I used it this spring and I will never be without one again. Um, basically, the jam maker works in a similar way to a bread machine. Um, it has a hot element underneath on top of which the pot sits. And it has a bar that goes round and round inside to stir. You start out with the pectin on the bottom and the fruit on top of that. And it cooks for a set number of minutes and then it beeps for you to add the sugar and a little bit of butter and then you put the lid on which is self-venting and it brings it up to a specific temperature for a specific number of minutes and then it beeps and lets you know it's time to fill your jars. It's quick and easy and simple and it doesn't make a gob at one time. It makes I think about four to five um, jars of jelly at a time and so to me this summer and spring when I had lots and lots and lots of jams and jellies to do it was great because I could set that and leave it um, going while I worked on other things in the kitchen and I didn't have to stand there and stir and stir and stir and babysit the pot and try to guess when it was completely done so a ball jam maker another thing that you may want to be thinking of is a dehydrator now there are lots of things that you can dehydrate like herbs and flowers that you can just leave them sitting out long enough and they will dry out on their own over time but having a dehydrator um, is really helpful if you're going to do a lot of different things like that on top of it's really good to use in yogurt making in proofing bread in making jerky and fruit leathers um, so if you're trying to do more those types of things and dried fruits and things like that then you may want to invest in a dehydrator and again i will put a link in the show notes for this that will help you to choose the dehydrator that is best for you just a couple more things that you might want to think about maybe you want better cookware and if you're like most people you get some cookware and then after a few years it begins to warp and it begins to peel and then you have to buy more cookware let me just impress upon you what a wonderful investment cast iron cookware can be I have all cast iron cookware I have for about three years now and I absolutely love it it was an investment I did get just a few pieces at a time I started out with a Dutch oven and then I got a set of two more Dutch ovens so that I had a large and a small 
Um, and then I also found two small saucepans and then I found a set of three pans. All of those are enameled cast iron. So they have the finish on the inside uh, that allows you to use soap on them and, and they're really quick to wash. They don't stick very much at all. Um, and they're really easy to use. They are heavy, but they're going to last you forever. I will probably never have to buy cookware again. We also have a unenameled, uh, just a regular black cast iron pan that belonged to Michael's great aunt. Um, and we use that one for our eggs and things like that because it does the best job with those types of things. But I really highly cannot recommend cast iron cookware enough. It has been one of the best investments we've ever made. And right along with that, we have a, a large collection now of wooden utensils. I am slowly over time replacing our plastic cookware pieces, um, utensils like the, the pancake turner or um, a spatula or a slotted spoon with things that are wooden or things that are metal or a combination of the two. And so I really, really recommend some wooden utensils and maybe get a wood conditioner to rub into those once a month or so to keep them nice and supple and beautiful. And they will last for years and years and years and years. So consider adding those to your stocking list. And you fit several into a stocking along with a, a little tin of the wood conditioner and it will be a wonderful, wonderful thing to find under the tree. Two other things that I would suggest when it comes to being in the kitchen is if you're interested in exploring fermentation or cheese making, um, ask for things that would help you to begin to do those things. Um, it could be getting the glass weights and, and the the special lids for your jars for fermenting where they have the one one way re air release um, or it could be getting the rennet and the cheesecloth and the other things that you need to begin making cheese um, definitely recommend just getting a simple setup to begin with and try it out and see what you think and then you can begin to invest more in different tools in the things that really light you up and and are really enjoyable to you as you learn how to do them so now we have worked we have looked in the garden we have looked at our chickens and our flying things in our yard and we have explored the kitchen now let's talk about the homestead library i really want you to be able to build up things that help you to learn more and also give you a reference to look back on later um, when you want to expand your knowledge or if you need a refresher course on 
what to do in certain situations. So the first thing that I recommend is a magazine subscription to Countryside Magazine. Countryside Magazine is a great resource when it comes to all things homesteading. Um, It can be a great source of information. It can give you great resources to different companies and businesses to work with that can give you the types of tools and equipment that that you might be looking for and it also is going to be a great resource and learning tool so definitely recommend countryside magazine subscriptions and then as far as books go number one book is country wisdom and know-how this is a gigantic book it's I don't believe still in print. It's one of those books that you can look around and find used for probably pretty inexpensively. Um, It may still be in print. I'll take a look on Amazon. Each of these books I'll have a link for in the show notes. Um, But this book literally tells you everything. If you want to know how to take care of pigs, if you want to know how to process a cow, if you want to know how to make sausage, if you want to know how to get your chickens to grow broody, Um, anything that you might want to know about your garden or your homestead or your homestead kitchen. All of that information is in this book. It is a gigantic wealth of knowledge. And so if you don't get any other book, get that book on your wish list. Next up is the Family Garden Plan. This is a book by the Modern Day Home... uh, modern day pioneering today excuse me uh, with melissa norris Um, she has a podcast as well and she is the author of the family garden plan in which she helps you to map out what it is your family um, would like to grow for the year how to figure out how much of each thing you need to grow in order to meet your homesteading goals and then how to plan out where to put it in your garden so the family garden plan is definitely a good resource to have on your bookshelf next up is Anne Aceta Scott's the farm girl's guide to preserving the harvest Um, she is on Instagram as a farm girl in the making and this is an amazing guide because she talks about all the different ways of preserving um all the different kinds of produce so this is a very good overall um just all-purpose guide to what to do with the food that you're bringing in and harvesting Um, next up is the homesteaders herbal companion if you want to know just a good primer of herbs and how to use them as medicine and what the different herbs are good for and how to use them um, in a beneficial way then this is the book for you then we have the homesteaders natural chicken keeping handbook um, by amy fuel amy fuel is the founder of homesteaders of america and she has this great great book on how to keep chickens in a natural way using oils and herbs and organic feed and all the kinds of things so that you have the best the healthiest these the most natural raised chickens that you possibly could 
And then last but not least, if you'd like to give yourself a Christmas gift that comes in February, I highly recommend the much-anticipated First Time Gardener Growing Vegetables book by Jessica Sowards from Roots and Refuge Farm. Uh, This is Jessica's first book, and I am super, super excited. It does not come out until February the 2nd, but you can definitely put this on your Christmas list and ask someone to go ahead and pre-order the book for you, and then it will ship to you um, so that it reaches you on launch day. Um, If you choose to give this to someone else, I'm sure you get a nice little certificate that shows that this is what they're going to be getting. And how awesome would it be to keep getting Christmas after Christmas and to have a gift that comes long after the hubbub of Christmas has died down and just in time to get ready for the spring garden season. And so that book is called The First Time Gardener Growing Vegetables by Jess Sowards. So, we have our homestead library, we've got our kitchen stocked, our chickens are happy, we have taken care of the flying things in our yard, and we've taken care of the garden. Now we're inside, and what's left to learn? Well, there's a lot of things that go into homesteading, and the different skills that you can build based on where your interests are, and and not all of these are going to be good for anybody, everybody. Mostly what you find is that homesteaders tend to, to be drawn to one particular thing. And they do that one particular thing outside of growing their own food and maybe tending to an animal or so. Um, but there's one particular thing that they really, really love to do. Like soap making or candles or or making... Um, beauty products or sourdough bread or those types of things and so I want to give you a few ideas in this category but I really want you to begin to think through what are the old-fashioned skills what are the things that your grandmother knew how to do that you wish you did and what would be the tools that you would need to be able to get started in that And this is great because winter is downtime. Winter is hibernation season. This is the time of year to begin learning those types of skills and begin to hone them now. Because when spring comes, we're going to be busy planting gardens. And then in the summer, we're going to be busy harvesting. And then in the fall, you can pick it back up again and and continue to work at it. But some of these things, if you begin to learn them now... um, They could be really, really beneficial when spring and summer come. So, if you are interested in something like baking bread, then you might want to ask for a lame knife, a French rolling pin, or some banneton baskets to put your bread in to rise. Maybe you're into crochet or knitting, and you could ask for yarn and knitting needles or a crochet hook. If you're into soap making or candle making, you can ask for molds and the different soap and candle bases that you need and the equipment that you need for those. There's just any number of things you might want to ask for fabric and a ruler and some cotton thread if you're wanting to begin quilting or embroidery. Think about the things 
that your grandmother knew how to do that you wish you did. Think back to the handmade, handcrafted, old skills that are fading from modern day life. Which of those would you like to explore and learn more about and gain a new skill in? The important thing with this is that we're never too old to stop learning. There, There's never a point that we reach that we can't learn anything new and there's nothing more for us to do. So take advantage of the slow quietness of winter. I think so many people really struggle in January, February, and maybe even March with there's such a bustle um, after summer is over and then we have the bustle of going back to school which leads into Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas and then all of a sudden it's like there's nothing for a really long time and it's also cold and dreary and we tend to really struggle more with things like anxiety or depression and I think especially in the time of pandemic and um, talks of shutdowns and further lockdowns in different places that this could be a really important mental health thing to help us to get through those couple months of really cold dark winter that we're not going to have a lot of social outings and and time with other people but this can be a way to keep our mind and our hands busy and productive through that time so think through those types of skills Think about what you'd really love to learn to do. Maybe it's not one of these homemaking skills. Maybe it's something like painting or learning to play guitar or something like that. And think through what you've always wished that you could take the time to learn to do. And take advantage of this quiet time in our lives that you can really plug into it and learn to do that. Um, And take advantage of this time that we're living in right now. So that wraps up my homesteaders wish list. I hope that there were some things on there that gave you some ideas. Not only of things that you could wish for this Christmas, but maybe you have a few gardeners or chicken mamas or fellow cooks in the kitchen that you got some good ideas for gifts for them. Really think through um, and be intentional, not only in your wish list this year, but in what you give to others. And that leads us to next week's episode, in which we will talk about a minimalist guide to gift giving. Let's talk about ways that we can give gifts that don't add to the clutter in someone's homes. How we can give things that will be meaningful and well-received but won't add to the clutter in their homes. So join me next week for episode three in the Homestead Holiday Series. See you then. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.